but I'm standing here feeling like a dork. How's your night going? You know, lean into the moment and acknowledge that you're feeling uncomfortable. Acknowledge that you've been stranded. Share all that stuff from a place of honest vulnerability. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And I am your host, Angelica. This is the podcast that talks about a little bit of everything. So sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is the author of the book called The Big Power of Tiny Connections. Welcome, Jen, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Angelica? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to have you here because I love interviewing authors and getting to know their journey and why they started writing and hoping that the audience who are curious about writing can get motivated, can get inspired by your story. Before we get into it, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Hi guys, I am Jen Nash. And as Angelica was saying, I'm the author of The Big Power of Tiny Connections, How Small Interactions Spark Awesome Outcomes. Um, Additionally, I am an executive coach and I work with companies to support retention. You've heard your friends probably talking about quitting. Maybe you've been thinking about quitting. Well, I go into companies and I help stop the quit. I do that through corporate trainings and different other types of initiatives. And I love it. Oh my God. That's fascinating because I've interviewed a lot of headhunters and a lot of people who are switching careers are like, I hate my job. And apparently there's a high percentage, about 87% of people in general in the United States who just hate their job. And they're just there for the paycheck at this point. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. One of the stats I love to quote is 61% of people would actually stay at their job if they had five to seven good friends at work. And so when companies are thinking, oh, we don't have a budget for doing something like that. It's just a picnic or, you know, why are we spending money getting our employees together, like to play ping pong or like putting in some kind of a ping pong table kind of thing. Like, those types of connections and interactions are so important because they foster friendship and then fostering friendship saves them so much money. It's like 50 to 200% of your salary to replace you. According to Gallup, it's a lot of money. Like if the average salary is a hundred grand at some company, that's, that's, it's going to cost them between 50 and $200,000 to replace that person. Yeah. Better to make friends, right? Better to support your employees making friends and feeling connected at work. (laughs) For real. That's crazy. I did not know about that, but thank you for sharing because again, like it's crazy how many people I've spoken to in my circle. They're like, I can't, I don't know how many more years I can do this. Like as even they have great friends with them, they're still kind of like, well, you know, it's more of the company's values and their structure and everything. And since the pandemic, a lot has changed. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, what do I do? It's like, they all of a sudden found their happiness during the pandemic and took time to soul search that I got to move on. (laughs) Well, I think also when you're staring at a laptop and four walls and you're not going anywhere, all of a sudden, yeah, you got to move on. It's tough. 
It sure is. It definitely is. Now let's get into your journey as an author. How did this start? Were you one of those that, you know, came out of the womb with a pen and paper in hand and started writing? How did this start? No, I think, I think I'm definitely very, very average. I feel like 80% of people have a book in them and they always think, oh, I have a book in me. You know, I'll write it one day, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I was like, I have a book in me, but I don't know what the book is. And my mom was very much like, I think there's always someone pushing you. And for me, it was definitely my mom. My mom would always just be like, well, write the book. And I would always say, what's the book about? Like, I don't know what the book is about. And uh, fast forward to right where we were just talking about the pandemic. I was in California and a friend of mine told me about a writing class that was going to go for six months. And the pandemic had basically just kicked off. And I was like, well, it looks like I have six months. So I literally joined um, something called Authors Who Lead, and I cannot recommend it enough. So if you have a book that you've been procrastinating, join a team. And Authors Who Lead um, is run by two fabulous humans, Azul and Steve. And what they do is they create a small group and that group meets every week and then you have homework. And over the course of the next six months, the homework helps you evolve your idea. Uh, and basically what they suggested the nugget of the book should be is if you could distill all the magic that was you, Angelica, and boil it all down to one tiny little thing that only you could impart to the world, what would it be? And so I had this whole sort of self-awakening journey through the first couple of months of the class and basically realized that I wanted to be Mary Poppins. I wanted to have whatever you need in the moment, like in my giant duffel bag, you know, you need, I love the way she pulls a coat rack out of her bag in, in the movie. It's very unexpected. So whether it's having a sewing kit, you know, in my purse very randomly and you just ripped something, you know, or, you know, snacks at 2 a.m. in the morning in a nightclub, like you need snacks, I got snacks. It's really fun to be the person that has a gift for the other. And that evolved very slowly into how you connect with the world and how do you show up for everyone around you and how do you make that interesting, creative, magical, and that evolved into the big power of tiny connections. And so I ended up writing that book in six weeks. I sent it to a developmental editor. She's like, it's adorable. Nobody needs to read this. Um, and then she said, if you're willing to completely rewrite it and restructure it, there might be something here. So I actually rewrote the entire book in another six weeks, um, two months later. Uh, and then my life got turned around and I put the book aside for like eight months. And then I finished all the editing, worked with copy editors, um, proofreaders and all that stuff and uh, got the publisher to put it out at the beginning of this year. I feel like that more than answered your question. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like it happened in such a short period of time and you've managed to put this out there and to get a publisher, like, I, I don't know the process of it when it be, when you finish a book and send it to a publisher, some people have that luck and some people don't. Some people are still waiting for a publisher to pick up the book. So it's, I feel like you were the 
we're ones who just like, you know what, this is fantastic. Like we can make something out of this. Yeah, I think so. The traditional route is you have to get a literary agent. Publishers will not take submissions without a literary agent. And so normally getting a literary agent can take a year. But if you know someone, you can get one a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. The alternative is you can self-publish or you can work with a hybrid publisher. And a lot of people do that. The hybrid publisher, you pay them a lot of money, but they put it all together for you. They assemble it. They'll even get you a cover designer. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think there's lots of options. So if people want to write a book and get it out there, they just have to decide what, what's the main purpose. Are they, if they're trying to make money, well, they probably shouldn't write a book. Like unless you're Stephen King and you have a number of hits, you're not going to make any money with books. It's, um, but what it is, is I think it's a really nice way to share a perspective with the world. Yeah. When you talk to other authors, have you ever asked them like why they put the book out there? Sometimes. Yeah. And they'll say it's because it's the book is in them. It's in their soul. It needs to come out. Right. Some of them have said that some other ones, because a lot of them have gone through traumatic events uh, through their work experience, uh, depending when it's a high stress job, they feel like, you know, I, I can save somebody or I can save myself. And it was a time of healing. This is why they have to put it out, you know? So it's been a mix of answers. A lot of people just say, I just love writing. I just, I'm a great storyteller. And I just wanted to put it on pen and paper and show the world that I can, you know, give you a beautiful story, you know? So it, there's been different answers to why they put out the book, right? Um, I feel like everyone's because they've got it's like they were giving a sign. Like I have to write this book. Right. I have to show the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think I used the book in a bunch of different ways. Like for me, it was a marker. I shifted my career after over two decades of working in marketing and content strategy for fortune 100 and fortune 50 companies. I shifted my focus to working with, you know, female executives, um, and entrepreneurs, that's my coaching focus. And then, you know, companies that are looking to power up their close rates and support their sales staff through masterful storytelling. Um, so I shifted and I wanted the book to be a little bit of a calling card. And, you know, it's very story forward. You can read this book, just one chapter and you have basically got everything you need if that's the only chapter that interests you the book can be read front to back but it doesn't need to be i literally wrote it in a way that's super snackable so you could literally crack it open you're like that chapter sounds good you will totally be able to follow along and it's not like you're you're missing anything i i actually tell friends i'm like read the prologue because it's really it's a really cute story it's about sort of how i got into connecting randomly with people by watching my my crazy but fabulous mother talking to strangers in random languages that may or may not have had anything to do with them. Um, it's pretty funny. And then the first chapter talks about why connection is so important. And, you know, I touch on how loneliness is equivalent to the physical attributes of high blood pressure, obesity, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is crippling. And there's actually a, a push around the world for doctors to actually have some kind of a loneliness metric, because when we have community, friends, family, 
we live longer, we live healthier, we're happier, we're more productive. Connection is the most important thing we can do to move our lives and ourselves forward. And so that chapter is great. And then the conclusion, the last chapter is also lovely. It's sort of like a, a hug to the universe, the way you were talking about people just have to put it out. The last chapter is very much like that. It's very um, like, how do you do this? But the book, the book is super, super easy because it's like there's part one, part two, part three, and part three is like, let's get practical. It's breaking it down. Part one is like, what do you want to achieve? Do you want to have more friends? Do you want to be a better person? Do you want to make more money? Do you want to get a better job? Like it's like every chapter actually is titled tiny connections will help you get a better job. You know, one of the chapters is using tiny connections will help you get laid. Um, I was like, I was trying to think of all the main human motivators. Um, in hindsight, I'm not sure I would have published that one because I literally have lost potential clients because they're like, oh, we can't have that chapter. But at the end of the day, that chapter is not about sex. It's about how do you create connection and intimacy with someone? Yeah. That's pretty fantastic because it's true. I agree with you. Networking and creating those connections are so important to our day-to-day -day life. It's not just having our own friendships, but getting to know people, uh, especially for myself, getting to know so many professionals through the podcast has, has helped me kind of reconnect with them and say, Hey, you know, remember that article that you mentioned to me about, can you, can you send it to me or something? Or, you know, some of the people have sent me like five to 10 closest friends who are seven, eight figures. And they're like, Hey, these are CEOs interview them. They would love to be on your show. So it's powerful. How, the community you're able to build within yourself. Yeah. I love that. And that's very cool. Um, did you get the CEOs on? I got three of them because the other ones, it was during pandemic. And the crazy thing is during pandemic, everybody who did not have time to be on the show we're sending me all these emails like, Hey, I'm not traveling anymore. I'm not going on tour. I would love to be on your podcast, but being in the construction industry, I worked every single day, plus also being pregnant and then, you know, dealing with life in general. So I couldn't get them on because my schedule was just getting smaller. And, you know, the pandemic was a whole other story when it comes to being in the construction industry. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I love all the stories of people not being able to like get materials or, and everybody worked on their house. Like everybody was adding something, extending their backyard, adding a bathroom because they were spending <laughs> so much time at home. They're like, wait, this is now urgent. <laughs> yeah. You guys did well. <laughs> we did really well. I know. And I'm surprised the building got done because it was a two tower um, over, oh my gosh, I don't remember how many floors cause it's been a while. Cause I have been at work for almost a year and I'm glad we were able to finish it on time, even though it wasn't a year behind, but pandemic kicks in and you learn things about people, how people tend to deal with stress in this situation, but Hey, it's part of the job. It's part of life experiences that we learn and grow from. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that you know, people suddenly realized they had time and they could focus. And I think, I, I, I think it's great that people actually reached out to you and wanted to connect because I, I mean, I, again, I think people were probably starved for that, you know, so it's been uh, a strange two years. And I think every country has been approaching 
the pandemic in a different way. And it's like, you know, Canada much more cautious. And then even how the provinces, you know, approached each other was pretty intense. I was outside of Montreal and Tremblant for the first three months of the pandemic. And then I was going crazy, didn't have any friends, didn't see anybody. Um, so I actually insisted that we fly to California and we rented a big house that had lots of outdoor areas and people came and hung out outside. So that was much better planned. Um, <laughs> but like over the last year, I think it's really interesting how say the US has shifted into a very casual approach, but Canada is still just starting to have things open like bookstores. Yeah, it's finally getting back to normal, which a lot of people are just like, finally, we get to get out because they're claiming there might be another lockdown in the fall because uh, they just want to, you know, protect their people, which I'm, I don't even want to get into it, but that's a whole nother topic. But, you know, it's, it's amazing to see everything open up small business to be able to flourish. And now I'm just supporting local and creating those connections because I'm a small business owner myself, besides having a full-time career and everything. So I go out there and support small businesses and be able, Hey, like, you know, a lot of these women that I've met and men who started a business during the pandemic is pretty ballsy, so to say, because you don't know where the world was going. We were so lost, but I love their story behind it. Cause a lot of people were either fired, let go, or they just quit their job because they figured life's too short. Let me do what I actually love and what I'm passionate about. So hearing these stories from other small businesses made me feel like this is fantastic. Like this is inspirational. So I try to go out there and make those connections with people and, you know, give them some inspiration or give them a pat on the back and say, you're doing a fantastic job. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I think the world needs what you're doing. <laughs> now, what do you, like, what advice could you give someone who is very, I don't know if it's introvert or extrovert. I still don't know the meaning. I'm dyslexic because I'm like, my mind collects too much information and then forgets all of a sudden. So oh, I have well, to let, have, let me, let me help you. With this. <laughs> so you're in construction. So intra comes from the word inside mm. intra. So introverted, they are inside themselves. Extra is outside. It's more like, give me extra. It's the person that needs more. So intra is less people, extra is more people. And the interesting definition that I actually just learned is just because you're an extrovert, um, you know, it's, it's really supposedly defined by how do you get energized? Do you get energized spending time with lots of people or do you get energized by spending time with yourself, nature, or just one-on-one? So I'm, I'm like an introverted extrovert because I get my batteries charged spending time with people one-on-one, -on -one, but spending time with 20 people for eight hours for a couple of days, I'm exhausted. So I'm, I am definitely not a classic extrovert, whereas others, they're just raring to go after that. And I'm like, oh God, I need a day off to watch Netflix or something just to like be in a hole. So, um, so the advice I would give to anyone, whether they're an introvert or an extrovert, um, and what was the rest of your question? Because where were you going with that? What kind of advice am I giving? 
to them to create those connections. Like, cause a lot of people want to get into networking, but they don't even know how to come out of their shell. Everyone's kind of like stuck within themselves and they want to be able to create connections at networking events. And I feel like that's the biggest question I get from a lot of people where I meet them. It's like, I can't go to a networking event. I can't, I'm just going to like melt down through the ground and seep through. And I, I get really nervous. So what advice could you give those people that want to get out there, get out of their comfort zone, but they feel like they're being stopped? Well, this is challenging, but easy advice to follow. Pay attention to how you're feeling. If you're feeling uncomfortable, great. Acknowledge that. And if you can acknowledge it publicly. So I have a track record of attending a lot of events by myself. And I, I feel like the problem with the word networking is it has the word working in it. Nobody really wants to work, you know? So how can you make it more fun for starters? So I like to think of it as connection, right? I'm going to make connections. I'm just gonna connect with a few people. And what does that really mean? It just means I'm gonna have some chats. I'm just gonna have some chats, you know? I'm gonna have a drink and I'm gonna have some chats. Like if you look at it more that way for starters, that's helpful as opposed to, I'm gonna go get some business cards. That sounds like work. So leaning into how you're feeling, if you're feeling uncomfortable, notice that. And then why are you uncomfortable? Okay, well, I'm here alone. Great. Okay, so stand by the bar because literally the best place to stand at an event is to the bar where people are going to be moving away drink in hand. So they have everything they need. So you can stand there with your drink in hand. And as someone comes away from the bar, with a drink in hand and they're scanning the room to see where they're going, perfect moment to say, hey, I came alone, I don't know anyone here. I'm feeling totally awkward standing here with my drink in hand, I'm Jen. How would you react? I would just follow along with the conversation. And I uh, feel awkward too, or hey, welcome. My name is Angelica and da 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 da. Just exactly. go for um, it. So you're at an event, you came with your partner, your partner has gone to the bathroom. They seem to be taking an awful long time. You're standing there with two drinks, feeling very awkward. And someone walks by or they're looking for where they're seating. And, you know, you could be funny. You could say, you know, I swear one of these is not for me, um, but I'm standing here feeling like a dork. Uh, you know, how's your night going? You know, lean into the moment and acknowledge that you're feeling uncomfortable um, acknowledge that you've been stranded, you know, uh, share that, all that stuff from a place of, you know, honest vulnerability. I mean, it's almost unburdening yourself because everybody thinks that everybody else is so comfortable and they're not like most people are totally not comfortable and they're just all doing their best to fake it. But that's great. Keep faking it. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's really how you get into the swing of things. And the minute you start talking to one person, you're going to just breathe more easily. You're going to feel more calm. All of a sudden, the night just got better. And, you know, if you don't like them, 10 minutes in, you say, um, I am going to do a round. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank you for you might want to, like, mention something that they just shared with you. Or, you know, maybe they told you a great place to see cat memes, you know, like, thank them for that and move along and then you know walk up to a different group of people if you're walking up to a group you can always try the hey you guys look fun mind if i join the conversation 
you know, and you, you can add in, I came alone and I don't know anybody and you guys look awesome. Or you can just run with, um, hi, I'm John. I don't know anybody here. Can I join in? Most people are just going to say, absolutely. They're going to make room. They're going to be like, oh, and then 10 minutes later, they're going to tell you, wow, you're so brave for coming alone, for talking to us, for approaching us because they wouldn't dare. So you're going to have a sudden flow of, you know, serotonin. <laughs> love that advice because sometimes there's been times where I was like, oh, I'd love to go to this networking event. You're asking friends and everything. And they're like, oh, I'm busy. I can't go, whatever the case may be. And I'm always like sitting there like, why don't I just go alone? Oh, you should. In the book, in the book, um, I actually have all sorts of advice. And one of the things is go alone. Why? Because if you take a friend, you may or may not meet anybody because you're going to be sitting in a corner talking to your friend, looking at the room. What's the point of that? Like I, you know, I have a whole section where I talk about like what motivates you. So for me, I bribe myself. I'm like, I will go and I will meet three people. I am not allowed to leave until I've met three people. Now that could be 15 minutes. That could be an hour, right? Like how fast I meet those people totally up. Like I'm not allowed to watch my favorite show until I go and I do that, or, you know, I'll go and then I can go to the gym or something like reward yourself in some way that feels appropriate so that you feel like, oh my God, I I did that. I got out of my comfort zone. That's some great advice. And I think I'm going to actually go to an event alone that I've been pending to go to. I, I guarantee you, you're going to have a much better time than you expect. And I, and I hope you loop back and, and tell me how it goes. I'd love to know. For sure. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, oh please. my gosh. I'm, I, I love how this book is structured and how you're telling me all the different chapters and be able to snack on, which is something I would love to read because it, to me, to get through a book, I feel like it takes me like years, hours, and it, I just forget about it and I can't anymore but I love how it's based on creating connections and being able to maintain those connections. Uh, But, you know, when you were told that you had to redo this book, how did you feel about that? Um, She had really good ideas and I liked her, the way she was structuring the book. She was a really awesome editor. I highly recommend Anne Maynard. She had really good vision for where the book could go. And she made really valid points. And I think a lot of us, you know, we need good editors, right? We need people who are going to be like, well, this is all from your head. Because that's the problem. Like the book is in your head and then it comes out. Like you need someone to say, well, this didn't make sense. Like originally the book was going to be called Magical Thinking. And her point, sorry, Magical Connections And her point was like, you can't call it that. And I'm like, why? I love that name. She's like, because it implies they just happen. They don't just happen. People have agency. People have to show up, be uncomfortable and talk to that stranger. Or people have to reach out, you know, and comment on a post and build a a connection with the author of some article. Like, however you're trying to connect with the world, I mean, it takes work. It takes a little bit of discomfort. It takes follow through and follow up. I agree. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I'm glad you were able to redo this book and look all the amazing reviews that I've been reading on Amazon, five-star rating. It's amazing. The big power of tiny connections, how small interactions spark awesome outcomes. 
Jen, I really appreciate this conversation. Um, I hope everybody who's listening is able to get their hands on this book because I feel like we all need it in our day-to-day life to help us grow and accomplish those goals that we've got. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going to sign up for this event and I'm going to go alone. <laughs> I'm, I'm super pumped for you, by the way. Um, do you listen to audiobooks or did you just give up on books altogether? Cause you have a baby. Um, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. You're busy. I'm just, I have it. It is available on audiobook. It's on, it's on Kindle, paperback, audiobook. You can get it in all the forms. Yeah. You're more likely to read it, you know, in that, in that way. Let me know. Okay. Well, the thing is with audio, I'll tell you this. I haven't done it uh, because I was listening to so many podcasts once upon a time. And then when I had the baby, I'm just like, wow, everything just went out the window. Right. But before I tried to just download the book onto my iPad and I managed to read two books that I purchased because with myself, with a learning disability, if I'm not reading the books, I'm not learning how words are being structured. And I feel like I need to practice that all the time. So if I'm listening to it, it's like, yeah, I'm learning through, you know, um, through hearing, but if I look at it, it helps me better for uh, my own development when it comes to reading and writing and all that stuff. So I feel like I have to read it digitally in order to be drawn to it because then I know it's on my iPad or on my iPhone. There's no excuse. So if I have a hard copy, which I love when authors send me a signature rough co- uh, hard copies, but sometimes I'm like, it's so hard to go through the book because again, it's, it's, it's a difficult uh, thing for me that I'm trying to develop and grow from that and hopefully be able to read a book in one sitting that that's my goal a book in one sitting that's that's a tall order that's a lot (laughs) that's a lot of focus I have (laughs) I have probably read a book in one sitting but it's probably been 30 years like I feel like as a kid maybe yes like you just sat there and you're like did not stop reading all the way through (laughs) but since then no way wow well I applaud your commitment (laughs) keep it up lady Thank you so much. Now, Jen, where can the listeners find you and buy your book? Oh, awesome. Well, The Big Power of Tiny Connections is available on Amazon at Chapters, Barnes and Noble. Um, You can ask your local bookstore if you want to support local, ask your local bookstore to order it in. They can do that super easily. Um, So you can get your steps, walk into the bookstore. Um, alternatively, reach out to me. I'm jennash.com. That's J-E-N-N-A-S-H.com. And I'm real Jen Nash on Instagram. Please follow me. Well, thank you so much. And to all my listeners out there, Jen's information is going to be in the show notes for you. Thank you for tuning in. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy, Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to a little bit of everything with Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me.